What it do, what it is, and what it will be. This your boy Mike Forrest, actor, writer, director, and you are watching the Fan View Live podcast. Host of the podcast, Coach Hurricane Hint, one of my dog, one of my best friends. Introduce yourself, big homie. Uh, actor, writer, director, Mike Forrest. You know, me and my man's right here go back, go back like crayons, color paper, and, and construction paper. Man, <laughs> we go back, man. It's, I'm happy to be here, bro. For man, real. It's always a pleasure, always a pleasure, man. Y'all know what it is, man. Fan View Live podcast, man. Y'all can follow us on Fan View Live on Instagram, Fan View Live on Facebook, Fanview Podcast, and on our TikTok page, and make sure y'all like and subscribe our YouTube page as well. But without further ado, man, we're going to get into it, man. Look, man, we like to start our podcast off by, you know, asking our, our hosts and our, um, about the journey that you took going to where you started to where you at right now. Man, it's been a journey. I've been, a, I've been an actor... For professionally for four years and you know you know you know better better than most people that <laughs> you know me quoting movie lines in class in high school i didn't know that was acting so i basically been a, i basically been an actor since high school i just didn't know it well i should use some credits for that too man <laughs> singing songs i remember you and i used to sing louis armstrong something class man. i didn't know that was acting bro i really did i thought it was just us cracking jokes and having a good time man it, it wasn't until four years ago where i was uh i was a coming up coming up on the end of my military contract and you know i was looking for you know, a nine to five job and you know, i found one and it was cool but you know i was browsing on facebook and i came across a very wonderful lady by the name of tommy myrick that uh, gave me a chance uh with a stage play in new orleans called a raisin in the sun yes sir and you know it was i i call it divine intervention because i've i've never taken any uh, professional acting classes. I've never, you know, I know I don't have any formal training. Like it's just, you know, a God-given gift. And I was in the right place at the right time. And this wonderful lady says, "Michael, read this script." And I went from being not known as an actor to I'm on a stage with some of the top actors in the city of New Orleans, and it was an amazing transition. It was difficult, you know, the journey. You know, the training that's required to be a stage play actor. A lot of people don't understand that being on the stage, there's no cut. There's no, hey, can we do that again? It's either you do it right or you, uh, it goes wrong very one, fast. One shot. One shot. Uh, I look at it like a, a rap cypher, a freestyle cypher. Either you're going to spit some some high, line, some high, high bars or they're going to boo you off the stage. And I've, you know, I'm still spitting, <laughs> I'm still spitting right now, man. It's, it's, it's a crazy journey, but I love it, man. I wouldn't trade it for the world at all. Now, some some of our people might look and who's been following our show for a long time, like, man, y'all do sports. Y'all do sports. What is an actor doing on here? And for people who don't know, Mike played basketball his whole career. I'm talking about since since we was five. Yeah. Since we were five, Mike played <laughs> basketball. And he, was, and he was real good. And you actually turned down a scholarship I did. to go serve in the army 
Yeah, I had a, I had a when I read scholarship, I had I was I really excelled at ROTC. You know, mm-hmm. I did ROTC all four years, and senior year, you know, I didn't attract an, as much attention as I wanted to from, from basketball scouts, but. The right person came to the right game, and they asked me that would I, would I be interested in playing basketball at the Air Force Academy as well as uh, a school called the Citadel, which is on the East Coast. And, you know, it was an opportunity of a lifetime. But, you know, myself, I, I made the decision to uh, go and live the, the regular college life and not pursue the mil- my military career at the time. Uh, but basketball has always been my love. And my first love, you know, this is what this is what me and my man's right here actually first bonded, you know, playing bitty basketball uh, for the parks, and then we would just discuss some of the top players in the city, you know, who was gonna who was gonna make the JPRD All Stars and things like that, you know, that's how it started. But you know, being in you know that transitioned very well to being an actor because, you know, when you're on set, you're expected to be professional, but you also are expected to perform at your very very best and once the, those curtains go up and those lights come on, you know it's you know it's it's like stepping on the court. Let's let's get it. You know you're the, either the, you're the leader or you're a role player. And the way that a stage play is set up, it takes more than just one person. Unless it's a one one man show that's you know sitting on stage doing this thing by itself. There's moving pieces to a to a stage play production. You have to move a certain way. You have to uh, say things a certain way. It's just like running a play on the basketball court or being on the football field and the coach draws up a play, do it like this. Uh, run the play this way. And it's, it's, you know, and as an actor, they call it, this is your blocking. Mm-hmm. When you're going to step this way, step forward, or you're going to do what naturally comes to you as an actor to portray this character. And, you know, it transitioned very well. Being a leader, you have to know how to encourage others around you to be the best actor they can be. Because, because some people feel as though if, oh, oh he's an actor, Stage fright is a real thing, even to some of the some of your favorite actors or actresses. Stage fright or drawing a blank on stage or in front of a camera, it happens. You know, that's why you see those cut scenes at the end of sitcoms when they roll in the credits where the actor might get tongue-tied and they have to say, cut, do it again. You know, that happens. But at the end of the day, you have to step up and, you know, know your role as a character and as an actor and just keep keep the ball keep the ball moving. Now I'm about to drop a name on you. All right. I'm about to drop a name on you because, because as you know, I've been coaching now for, what, for like the, fact, the last 15 years. Yes, sir. And long time coming. And I ran into Coach Collins. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I ran into Coach Collins, and he recognized me before I even recognized him. And he said the line that every one of Jack's former players hated to hear: "Get in line." Assume the position. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I'm like, where he at? Where he at? Then he just started laughing. And then then he talked to some of my, he talked to some of my players. And one of the names he brought up was yours. Yeah. And and it was it was shocking to it was shocking to me. Not not saying you know because I've talked like this is for those who know this is the the man that was like scheming behind the legendary coach Jack Mm -hmm. that put a lineup out of Albert Weber. Yes, indeed. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Alexander, Alexander, Jason Williams, um, had Damone coming off the bench with Skyland and um, Jazz. Skyland, Jazz, Ryan. We had Nate. Our team was so stacked. Um, 
I've, I've, you know what I'm saying? Like, Nate, Travis. That's um, when me and George came out for football and all that stuff. And and, and, and he, George he, Batiste, he told my, he's like, I had to have that honest conversation with y'all coach because he was 6'5". He played the five for us. And nobody was nobody was stronger than him, right. but in six five in basketball, he's a point guard. And I was like, I can't. And he's like, and that's what he wasn't gonna do. He, <laughs> he wasn't gonna dribble. He said, but I had to make that 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 honest conversation when he was coming off of entering football. Like, hey, this is a special year for you in football. You need to draw everything in that. And he said, I had to have a conversation with Mike Forrest. And it, 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 it shocked me really like, man, look, you're going to have to fill the role mm-hmm. that Henry is not going to fill no more. But I need you to do that much more and better. And you excel. And that was the year that, like, for the first time in our history top that we went to the top 28. Top 28. That, 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 was, that was junior year. Yeah. I, remember, I remember that. Uh, our team was so stacked. Um, playing for – Al Collins, you know, as well as Marshall Jackson, it was it was definitely experience that I'll never forget. You know, uh, shout out to all my brothers who actually, you know, played on that team with with me all four of those years. You know, we we are more, we were more than just a team; we were a fraternity, literally. Um, we had we had you know, a good cop and bad cop in the locker room with Coach Jackson and you know Al Collins. Um, Coach Collins was. He was a character to say to say the least, but he he pushed he pushed us to excel. And you know, I remember many games we were down ten plus at halftime, and then he's gonna come in there and rip us a new one, and then we go out we win by ten fifteen. Yeah. Just because of the motivation the the, the motivation that we received from Coach Collins, you know, I was I was happy that you know he was able to transition from an assistant at Higgins to being a state champion at, at John Eric, You know. Um, I like to joke with a lot of players that that know him, you know, and who's who's seen Hurricane season the movie. Yeah, and you know, I like to laugh about it. It was like, you know, they they always ask, you know, is Coach Collins really like that? I was like, no, <laughs> no, not not no. in the. He you is know, not that, he is that, not Forrest Whitaker. That is, that is not a man you want to <laughs> hey, upset. Hey, but all. the funny thing is, they both had the lazy eye. I was like, how could you? <laughs> how, when they, when they cast it, when they when they cast it for Hurricane season, perfect casting. And, and I see, and when they was like, Forrest Whitaker is gonna be the coach, I was like, that's fucked up. I was so, on oh, so many levels, cause like they're like it's it's perfect, it's perfect on 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 all the levels. So I was like, Jesus. My thing is, the whole movie I was arguing, when has Al Collins ever been that calm at practice? <laughs> when? Like this is this man was literally like a black Bobby Knight, but it it, you know, it worked out for the best of us. You know, it 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 molded him as a coach and it also molded us as players and as men as well. You know, there were a lot of life lessons and a lot of great conversations that, you know, Coach Collins and, and Coach Jackson would have with us as far as not just on a, a sports level but all as as young as young men growing up and coming into the world, you know. Uh, still to this day, uh, I still remember a conversation that myself and Coach Jackson had at graduation. Mm-hmm. The same thing he would say to me before he would put me in the game he look at me and say, hey, no mistakes. That carried over to me when I started acting because I was so anal about remembering my lines. Mm-hmm. Don't don't fumble no lines. Don't uh, don't get tongue twisted. And, 
you know, when I get excited, I, you know, any of my friends will tell you, uh, my mouth can go a, a hundred miles a minute uh, when I'm in a really good mood or having a good time. And when you become really skilled at your your craft, it can carry over really well. You know, you you hear you, you hear the lines in your head, and you can feel the scene, but you're, you're talking so fast that no one can understand what you're saying. And you know, it's the same as being on the court when the coach yells out a play. Don't run the play too fast. Stand there, hold that pick, stay on that post, stay still. Sometimes it's best to stay still instead of keep moving. And you know, even the, the lessons of Coach Collins, his favorite quote to me was always, Forrest, only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what, if, and that's what I knew. He, it, it took me a while to understand, but I knew that his message within that was, you are your own worst enemy. Yeah. And it, it took me until after I graduated to understand that. Only you can prevent forest fires because I was extremely talented, just like my man's next to me. We were... We excelled at sports at a very early age, and it was hard to hold on to one sport that you wanted to pursue. Like, you know, we all wanted to be Deion Sanders. We all wanted to play football, basketball, track, you know, baseball. We all, we wanted to be out there for everything. But, you know, once you got to high school, it got to a point where, okay, you know, we have to make some decisions. Yeah. Make some decisions. And I, I made this, this the decision to transition from – not only, you know, sports, but also the military into acting and being, being on playing on a t- playing and working on a team level with as an actor, as well as being on sports teams. It, it helps with teamwork and camaraderie when you're on set on set with someone or uh, some other actors who you've never met. But if everybody's skill level is somewhat the same and everybody's there for the same specific purpose, everything's going to work out. Everything. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. We both had the opportunity to play with and against some of the best basketball oh, yes, players in our in our era and our generation. Yes, indeed. Especially for, for, the, for the state. Legends. Who's the best? Football basketball? Basketball. We're going to stay basketball. Mm. I just want to see if your, if your answer go match up with my answer. Some of the best the best ballers I've ever seen or stepped on the court with, uh, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Al Collins, Albert Weber. Yes, Albert Weber was, and I quote um, Coach the, Collins, the best the best ineligible player, player in the ever. state of Louisiana, <laughs> the, the best ineligible player in the state of Louisiana. This 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 man was so dominant. He was he in my eyes he was a high school version of Tracy McGrady. Uh, I was six foot playing the five spot for my team, and Albert Weber was what six, six, six four six five. No, he, he was about six. He was six six. He was six six. He was six six. six. He, he was a good because because I'm six five. And Jason is six seven. Yes. And Weber was like it was like a if we stood next to each other, it was like a step. He was a cheat he was a it was a high school cheat code. And he would just run the baseline and catch a lob literally over my head. And and he would be laughing the entire time. Yes. <laughs> laughing. He was smiling. 
It's, it's something about the it's something about West Bank athletes. We just think when we make a play, it's the funniest thing ever. Here we go. There's, like there's no screaming, there's no emotion. Uh, it's not that. It's just laughing. And I didn't know how serious it was until I started following Alfred Alfred Payton's career. Uh, shout out to Alfred Payton. Um, I remember seeing him play at UL. And he would be crossing somebody up on court and me smiling the whole time. I mean, just, can't catch me, can't catch me. I'm like, wow, how does he do that? But I love the fact that, you know, the confidence that players from around here have because we know we have competed against some of the best, you know, not just in Louisiana or on in, in the city of New Orleans, but in the country. You know, I, I we came up watching people like Skylar Green and Marlon Favorite who have, you know, both had great respective NFL careers. Like, we remember when they were playing high school, mm-hmm. um, basketball players, you know, Albert Weber was amazing. You know, I feel like if we, if Albert Weber would have stayed an extra year at Higgins, we would have won another state, we would have won a state title. Not, not, it wasn't even close. We would have won a state title. Uh, Jason it, Williams. It would have been him with Milo and... Milo, and Jason. That's one thing about my team. Like, some people may say, oh, you know, you know, back then, if you weren't starting, you weren't shit. But, no, in reality... That era of L.W. Higgins athletics was – it was so stacked. It was so stacked. We could tra- we could change starting fives every game and change it up. Uh, let's see. I, I'm going to say top five. Top five. Albert Weber, Jason Williams. I was a big fan – I was a big fan of Derek Burdett. Uh, I was a big fan of Derek, Derek Burdett. Okay. Um, Ryan Alexander. Uh, Probably like the purest point guard. Pure point guard. Pure like, point guard. Like he, I, I think the, the thing that Duke doesn't get enough credit about is when you compare it to this to to basketball today. He's he wasn't the scoring point guard, but no, if you if dist- you let if Jack ever let him off his leash, watch out. <laughs> oh man, Ryan, watch out. He would he would he his would. pull up his pull up <laughs> his his pull up jumper was almost unstoppable, and his 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 ball handling skills were. Um, there, there were very few guards in this in this city at the time that could that could contain him. Um, last one, and it's a sleeper. Some people gonna agree with me, but if, if anybody anybody who's seen him play is gonna agree completely, Deshaun Jordan. It's no, it's Deshaun no, Jordan. It's no sleeper, man. Look, Deshaun Jordan was. People forget that this like we talk, I talk about him on the show all lot. He was ranked the number one player in the nation at one point. In yes, they, when we were twelve years old, you, when we were twelve, and Deshaun was Mr. Biddy. It was he was he was the first player I knew that I felt like could go toe to toe with Ryan, and maybe a little bit better than Ryan because he he had a little bit more height and his his hop his leaping ability was. He was the first person in our in our because we all graduated together. Mm-hmm. He was the first person in our group dunk. that dunk. He he could he was he was starting he was starting varsity as a freshman. And I was like, and, uh, like I, I he was, was another I was, one. He was another one. Was like, man, just stay, just don't transfer, just stay. If he'd have stayed at Higgins, bro, we'd have won a state championship. For I sure. rem- I remember religiously, religiously. This was our last year playing. This was our. No, it was our second of the actually playing park ball. All right. This is when 11, I left. 11 years old, yeah. yeah. This is when I left and went to party. You just knew I was coming to Nicholson. Yeah, man, you <laughs> sold me out, man. I need hey, another big I, man, man. Hey, I, fe- I, felt, I felt like LeBron James. I'm taking my talent to everybody. I'm like, where you going? Where you going? To part. Yeah, Not the Hawks. What you mean, man? <laughs> Not the Hawks. And we was rolling. But when we played ML, like the hardest game when we played MLK. And 
people around here know, like, so, like, I'm from the back of Ames. Down the street from me stays Skylin Moss and Deshaun, yes. and Deshaun, um, Deshaun Jordan. Jo- not, not Deshaun Jordan, um, ah, he, ah, man, I, I'm drawing up, Deshaun, what's Deshaun's last name? Cap? Not Cap, like, mm-hmm. no, Cap play football. D, man, D, he passed, you know, he got, he, he got, he got killed a couple of years ago. D Money. So Damone and Scholar stayed down the street for us. Jared Jared Howard, Jared Howard is, right is, is an age below yeah, yeah, under us. So he couldn't help that part team with me. Mm-hmm. But I had a trail. J- oh, I had I had a trail manager. I was like, okay, okay, we good. We good. And then these MLK just rolled out Scholar. Who's supposed to be at part? Supposed to be at part. <laughs> yeah, MLK. Damone, who's supposed to be at part. <laughs> Deshaun, who's supposed to be, be at part. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on here? Nobody wanted to come What is going about on me. here? It was me and Mark Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, Martin, and Craig. And Craig was just strictly tracking football. Right, tracking football. But Craig he, but he no, gave y'all no height. He didn't want no parts basketball. of basketball, man. But it was like, it, 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 it was the first fast break of the game. And... Deshaun took off. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, lay up. And he dunked, dunked it. And the referee just like, woom. Because, like, you know, it's no technical dunking foul. the video. Technical and, foul. Yeah, technical and, he foul. Just like, and he just, like, hopped around. I was like, ooh, we here for one a day. <laughs> we in. But y'all know me. I, I, I patted my game behind Shaq. And they ain't have a big oh, yeah. man. I hit it with oh, the yeah. boom, boom. See, you had, this, you had the height. See, I, I had the moves, but I didn't have the height. See, when we played y'all. It was like, oh man, here we I go. I gotta go toe to toe with my dog, and I know he gonna block every 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 shot I put up. And we was gonna run. Oh man, what was, <laughs> we what was, was gonna, gonna run? run? Oh man, <laughs> that was that was the game down here. The game was speed. It wasn't it wasn't power or skill. It was speed. If you could run up and down the court, you you had a winning team. Favorite we, favorite moment, and it just came to me of bas- my basketball player career. And you was the one that 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 pointed out. We thought you was lying. We was playing Kennedy at Higgins, <laughs> and you just came in the you just came in the in the locker room. Ooh. I was like, man, what, what's wrong with you? Ooh. They're like, man, Henry, get your ball, like, man. Man, I don't know, man. Ray, get your ball, man. Man, Mike, what's wrong? Boy, the big time is out there. Boy, it was like, no, stop no, lying. No, no, it was like, I stop was lying. It. I was losing it, bro. I was like, man, the big time is here. Everybody know back then I was a, I was the hugest fan of Baby and Manny Fresh. Uh, uh, Mr. Birdman, please call me for Baller Blocking 2. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we can plug that in right now. Call me for Baller Blocking 2, big homie. But, no, it was it was a great game um, playing playing. That Kennedy, Kennedy team. And that Kennedy team was stacked. They had, like, three players that were going to college on for basketball scholarships. They're, they were, like, Lob City of New Orleans at the time. Like, it was crazy. Um, back in our era, that's when Bo Lester was playing for, for O'Perry Walker, and he yes. was a phenom all on his own. Um, Danny Granger was playing at, um, was it eight? Yeah, yeah, Danny Granger was at Averson. Danny Granger, hell, his, his car, he got he a ninety nine on on two K nine. Like, just imagine what he was in high school. Seriously, just dominant. Um, football, man, that's a ooh, that's that's a list right there. That was fun. Football, it was it it was that was one of the greatest eras of high schools, high, West Bank high school sports ever. And I, I stand on that. We we built such. 
a, a dynasty with the players that we that were coming out of from middle school all the way to senior year graduation. Like we had great players. Thaddeus Washington was like Lawrence Taylor for playing for Eric. Um, Skylar Green was a cheat code for Higgins. I mean, you were you were playing tight end. We would go back and forth about you know what you did on the, on the football field versus what I'm gonna do on the basketball court later. It was. Those are those are good See, times. Daryl Darryl Johnson at, at bust at Old Perry Walker. Oh man! Yeah, Favor Freeway at at yeah, West, um, Jeff. West Jeff. You yeah, had Carl Castile and Clifford at, um, at Shaw. Shaw. It was, uh, Peanut, Peanut and Thaddeus at Eric. That was a tandem that most people scared, were scared of. And then shout out shout out to B you know B Savage. He was actually a great <laughs> football player as well. The first the first kicker before before <laughs> before it was you know. Uh, Educated N word. It was B. It was it was Brandon Savage. Brandon Savage. You, he was a problem on the football you, you field. You wanted no problem with Savage. I was just so a, that was a big dude back. I then. was just so happy that Craig Morris was his first cousin. I was just so <laughs> happy because Higgins and Eric didn't get along at all, man. on and off the. And, and I, I was just so happy. I remember I, that splash. I'm literally right. I'm literally <laughs> writing a movie about that week. Remember how how crazy school was that whole week for homecoming. <sighs> Our junior year. When we played Eric for homecoming, was literally that was like the West Bank Super Bowl. Yes, so many top players that were being heavily recruited all over the nation. I remember you used to come show me every letter you got from a, 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 a coach. I would, you know, we would see, you know, the the scholarship offer letters in the window in the locker room. It was like, man, I was so proud to see my guys that I, you know, I came up around that were actually becoming very successful. I was so happy when you went to school at Alcorn and, you know, Martin Kent went with you. I was ha- I was so happy about that. Seeing my guys actually succeed and knowing that, you know, we these are the memories that we that, are, that have lasted a lifetime. I mean, I could give you a play-by-play of that game. We played Eric in 02. Of everything that happened, all the key players moments, like I was Stephen A. Smith up here. I'm telling you, <laughs> I remember Thaddeus cracked Chris Pugh so bad, I thought he was dead. Ooh. Man, you remember that? His helmet popped off. I was yes. so, bro, my heart, the whole crowd went, I mean, the whole Ooh. stadium. Horse Mentor, I've never seen Horse Mentor Stadium so packed, even to this day. I've never seen all that on, stadium so packed. All on the bridge. Like they had people, people, we had people on, on the Crescent just, just stopping and watching that game. We thought they had a traffic jam on the high rise when people were on the shoulder watching the game. It was that real the, out there. The band was, it was like a, it was like a, a mix between the Super Bowl and the Bayou Classic out there. It was just crazy, and I remember every highlight play. Boy, Skylar Green was being Skylar Green. Like I, this option sweep, better watch out. Don't, don't let him get to the sideline. It's over with for you. That is Washington. I was, just, I was. He was just a terror. I was like, Donnie. Like, Donnie Harris was. Arguably one of the greatest running backs to ever come out of L.W. Higgins, man. Donnie Harris was speed and power put together. He was like a bowling ball that just you wasn't gonna, you wasn't gonna tackle him by yourself. No, that wasn't happening. Mm-mm. You know what I would love to see? I would love to see a back of Ames versus Westminster. All star. <laughs> oh man, we've been all sports. You know we've been trying to set that up. Since field day at Truman, we always tried to set that up. It never, it just never came, never came to fruition. Because, like it was, it, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair to Westminster because, like, it's one sub. Not granted, Westminster is a big subdivision. Mm-hmm. It's a big subdivision, and then y'all got a cheat code because y'all go, y'all, go, y'all roll <laughs> over into another. Y'all roll over to Lincolnshire, Lincoln but, but y'all don't want to claim Lincolnshire. That just no, Lincolnshire didn't claim us. Lincoln y'all didn't claim Lincolnshire. No, like, but that's because Lincolnshire, Lincolnshire, Lincolnshire athletes went to Ellender instead of instead of Truman. Yeah, but y'all 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 cut it off at running me. 
Well, of course, that was the borderline. That was the borderline. <laughs> Running me and Rue Louis Philippe was, was the border. But uh, well, well, we had yeah, CJ Kane. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. rest, 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 yeah, rest, like, rest, rest, CJ. But hey, man, that man, that is crazy when you think about like the talent that was at Truman at one time. Oh at man, at one time we had man. Daddy's Donnie, Carl, mm. Benny, Craig, Boleg. I always say if Benny, if Benny Bradley would have been six feet tall, he'd have been the best, one of the best players in the country. Yeah, Benny Bradley was another one. Like it was, we had super talent. I mean, I grew up across the street from Eddie Williams. Eddie Williams was one of the best athletes to ever come off the West Bank. I mean, he was one of the first athletes I knew that lived on the West Bank but went to school in New Orleans. Yeah, he went to De La Salle. Yeah. Let, ask anybody that was there. I watched Eddie Williams lock DJ Augustine in a high school game. I mean, locked him down. It was. I thought DJ was. You know, at the time, DJ DJ Augustine was was, was untouchable. He was untouchable. But when he came across Eddie Williams, it was like, oh yeah, you met your match. Another Eddie Williams was another one. If Eddie would have been six three, he'd have, he'd have been the next Allen Iverson. He, he had it all, and he could play football, basketball. He could do anything. Just wasn't tall enough. Yep. Yeah, Eddie was what five five seven five eight. Man, all heart though. I mean, oh Clifford Harris. I gave I give Eddie like a, a solid five seven. Yeah, a solid five seven. That's not a, a, a DJ is six is like six, six foot even. Like he's six, short. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but it was, it was you know Eddie and then back then Clifford Harris. Clifford was uh Clifford was a a, a quarterback's quarterback. And you know, watching him play, I was watching him the throw passes. I was senior year. It was, it was a sight to see, man. It was, you know, transitioning from private school to public school. He, he did it well because, and it, it it worked well for us because we all grew up playing together anyway. If yeah. you played, if you played in the in the area on the West Bank at Park Ball, the same people you played against for Park will be the same people you played against in high school and. For those of us who played in different parks, like I was at Nicholson, you was at Pard, a lot of my team, you know, Ryan was at Mac. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, Johnny King. Jacobs. Yeah. No, that's Mac, Mac Park. Man. That's Mac Park. Man. I said it. That's Mac Park. Mac King's Grant. I don't know. Is King's Grant still around? I don't know. I don't know. Estelle is, is Estelle Playground is coming up though. Shout out to my homie D Nice, you know, and oh man, Cheese. Is doing so well. He he did mm-hmm. so well with John Eric's basketball team. And who would have thought at Truman Middle School when your nickname is Cheeseball? Seriously. Let me tell you something. Everett Bag. That's my doppelganger. That's my twin, man. Shout out to Shout out to Cheese, man. For real. That's my dude. That era just did something to us. Yeah. And I think, and I want to like transition back into like, Acting thing, I think that that type of chemistry, motivation, because I the the goal for us, anybody that like just grew up with us, the goal was just get out of Morero because Morero yeah. was turning into a place where Morero was beefing with Morero, yeah, and Morero is not that big it's when not. you look at the when you look at it on the on the on the scale of the map and all that stuff, and we just wanted to just get away. And once you got away, it, it didn't matter if you went to Arid, if you didn't matter if you went to West Jeff, it didn't matter if you, you went. It don't matter where you went. It was like as Bank. long as you got away, we was happy for you. You was, was from the West Bank, and you you was representing. And I, those those years when we were in college, 
and and a lot of the top players were going on to D1 and really doing their thing as far as you know you at Alcorn, Martin at Alcorn, Skyler Skyler he's at LSU, Marlon's at LSU, you know. Um, and, yeah, Craig at Tulane. Two, Craig was at Tulane. Freeway at Tulane. Buster at LSU. Mm-hmm. Daryl who's Daryl who's probably the best football player I ever seen in my life. With Daryl. Daryl Johnson with the O'Pair Walker. Oh uh, yeah, he, he, yeah. He, just, he probably yeah. like the best football, but he just didn't. He just didn't have the grades. It was yeah, just grades. Grades held a lot of a lot of great talent back. You know, and and lack of exposure. That that too. I, I'm happy that the exposure level for athletes is getting to where it is now because man, I get I I'll stand on I'll stand on this ten toes down. If we would have had the exposure that these kids have now, <laughs> oh man. This is, 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 the mix, the, the, the mixtape videos we could have made just playing street ball where we were from. Oh, that's such and such. Oh, that's Derek Bird did. Oh man, that's a Deer Pines. Oh, that's Deshaun Jordan. Man, at twelve years old, I just knew Deshaun was gonna be an NBA player. Like you just knew it was gonna happen. Yeah, I remember. I remember being. I remember being in science class with. Albert Weber and Deshaun Jordan. You ask, you could ask either either one of them. They would be in there cracking jokes about what they were going to do at practice and what they were going to do in the game. And they was going to do it. And they were going to do it. <laughs> he's like, man. He's like, man. I told Weber to throw it to me. I told him to pass it to me. I threw it to my fingers. Three, three. And he was serious. And he was his jump shot was that that pure to where it was like if he says he's going to make it, he's going to make it. And I think what made what made what made Deshaun just so 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 fast that he was the first real like true left hander. Yeah, like yeah. we didn't, we didn't, like Ooh, that. Yeah. Was, he was like the eye. It was like, it was like the, a bow legged chick walking by. Like, whoa, where where that come from? Mm-hmm. Where that come exotic. from? Everybody was right handed, <laughs> right hand dominant. He was left hand dominant, and he his handling skills were Next way level. way more advanced than the rest of us. And would do, he would cross you up with a smile on his face. <laughs> I can't. I never get past that. With the dingy and one headband. I'm, uh, never, yeah. I'm, 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 never, I'm never letting him. I'm never letting him let that down. He was too good to wear something to, to wear the dingy one. Good luck, Sean, man. He's the one that headband in the class. Man. I, yeah, I was like, man, dude, wash that. Like it got, it got, it got, it got the hard curl juice on it, man. It, but, it, you know what's funny? When we in Truman, he didn't even play on the basketball team. Nah, he the, played, he played AAU and Biddy. That's it. AAU that's and Biddy. He didn't even play on the that's school it. team. He, he didn't even look at it. He was he was the he was the deciding factor why we didn't win Parish Championship eight grade year because we went undefeated that whole yeah, year. Yeah, but, but that LT was special. I can't I can't even lie. I can't even lie. I can't Man, we even lie. we beat them in regular season. That yeah, year. but did a, a, a tra- what that was ninety eight. Yeah, but did a trail just turned on to <laughs> he did he, he, he like, did yeah, but he gave us the business in the championship. Yeah, game, for like real. it was nothing we could do with him. Yeah, but for for those. Who want to know? Because like it's a question like I always like wonder. I know in basketball, if you want to get bas- better at basketball, you can you you know get in the gym, shoot up, put up shots, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Footballs, you know, similar thing. You know, lift, you know, get the weights going. You know, get drills and stuff. For as active, how do you get yourself better? And then for like, because if you're if you're just strictly a play like a stage play actor. It's a different skill set you got to have. But you've also started transitioning to behind the scenes, you know, like on some, on some movie sets and stuff, yeah. too. So, like, how do you get yourself better 
for both of those aspects and also what's the biggest difference in all right, I'm prepared for raising the sun. I'm prepared for raising the sun. All right, boom. Now I'm I'm prepared for emancipation. Like like yeah, like what's right. what's what is the the mindset next? Process. Oh, every every a lot of actors have a, a lot of different creative processes. Um, the way I prepare for a role is that first thing I'm gonna do, just like when you when you get on a new team, you get the playbook. Your playbook is the script. That's your playbook. Read the whole script. Don't just read your lines as like for your role for your character because excuse me it can it can get confusing that's like you know somebody joining the team and they want to be Kobe the first day you have to know this whole offense before you can you know run a triangle offense and run a team yourself it don't work like that as an actor you prepare by first reading the script and then you you read the whole script and you read how everything transitions from scene to scene and then also by reading the whole script, you know exactly how to react to someone else's words. You know, and not everything is, not, you don't just blow up and start screaming and howling every, every line, even if your character is one of those angry types. You have to have some type of transition from, we, we like to call it a boil. If you have a scene where you about to flash out and you about to go off on everybody in the room, you don't just start off with that. You start off with a, what we call a slow boil. Like You're going to have an attitude, but you're going to talk a little. Just like if, just like if, you know, somebody getting getting ribbed at the table or roasted at, at lunch at lunch lunchtime table, mm-hmm. you're not gonna just flash out, and start screaming and howling. He gonna wait till he get drove and in his feelings. Now he gonna start screaming and howling. Right. He gonna have an attitude at first. He gonna try to say something back, but if it don't work, now he gonna flash. Yeah. Being preparing for a role as an actor and to get better at at roles, what we what I like to do is just surround myself with people who are either in the position I want to be in or trying to be in the same position that I'm trying to be. You know, it, your network is your net worth when you're trying to get ahead in the entertainment industry as far as, you know, I don't, I may not know how to write a script, but I know my man's over here has experience doing script writing. So I'm going to go ask him some questions if I, if I, you know, I might say, hey, look, I'm writing a script. Can you give me some insight on what, what I need to do? Yeah, even as an actor, you know, you might think you are killing this role as an actor. But it's not. But because it's not reading right, and whoever's watching you, they don't see what you see. But your feedback that you get from people that are on set or in your cast or the director, if you're doing a stage play or a film, you know your feedback from the director is gonna guide you for, to where you want to be. And preparing, and like you know, repetition with your lines, and you know, going over, running the scene in your head even when you're not on set is, is important because it's like showing up, it's like showing up to a, a, a basketball, a professional basketball game and you didn't go to practice all week. Right. Not everybody's Allen Iverson, you know, you know, rehearsal is vital. Just like going to practice as an athlete, you know, you got to go to rehearsal. You, people think that, you know, you see these movies on your, your favorite streaming network and you think that these, these, you know, these creatives are just showing up on day one Without ever meeting any, without ever meeting each other, and they just gonna shoot this great movie. No, most movies that you see, even mainstream movies, before they even begin shooting, the first day with a camera, they may have a few months of rehearsals, mm-hmm. going through each scene, going through each each uh, segment and of each transition. Like there's a lot of a big process to shooting a movie, and even as a, as a doing stage plays, 
before that premiere night, that cast may have been rehearsing for at the minimum of six weeks, a minimum, just just to get everything right and knock out all the knock out all the kinks, dial all the eyes and cross all the T's. That you know, it's a process, and you're not gonna get the best performance out of somebody from just off the cuff performances. I mean, yeah, there's there's there are you know improv shows and things like that, but to really commit yourself as a as a as a actor is the same as committing yourself as an athlete. You know, you have to put in the time and put in the work to get to the level that you want to be at. Like it's you know, it, natural talent is one thing, but practice and you know, training in your craft is what's going to get you to the next level or get you to the, to the level that you want to be at. Even there's act, there's professional actors now that who have done many movies on film that will tell you I wish I could get back on the stage because the experience and the the process of doing stage work is different from what you see on camera on TV. Be, being a stage play actor is much more difficult because there's no cut. There's no can we do that again? No. It has to be right or it's going to throw the entire show off. Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, one scene. It'll mess up the entire show, especially it it can be something as simple as for example, say, say I'm holding a tissue, and I'm supposed to put it down on a table. On this, I'm on stage, and I'm and I, I'm supposed to put this, I'm supposed to put the tissue down on the table, but say let's say it falls on the floor. From the moment from the moment that piece of tissue falls on the floor, nothing else in the play matters. You know why? Because everybody in the audience is looking at. Why didn't he pick the tissue up? Right. If you don't do that, it's going to throw everything off. Nobody's going to be paying attention to what you're saying. Everybody's going to be focused on that piece of tissue. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen in stage plays. Someone drops a piece of a clothing item, and the entire scene then changed. But that piece of clothing is still on the floor. And, and people are wondering, why didn't they pick that up? Right. Because it, it didn't draw my attention it, somewhere else. Exactly. And that ma- that matters greatly on a stage play because this ain't recorded. This is, this is live. And, you know, they see you dropped it. Are you going to pick it up? There are, there are ways and techniques that, you know, artists and actors, you know, we can play it off, as you say, and pick it up casually. Where it'll it'll conti- make the show continue to roll. But, you know, that's still vital. And that's still just, just the way you have to move on a stage versus a camera is totally different. When you, I'll put it to you like a video game. When you're on a film, it's like being in an open world or GTA. It's like the camera can be anywhere. Mm-hmm. But when you're on a stage, the audience is facing you. Right. So you can't just turn around and have your back to the audience. That That's a no-no. Like there's certain ways you move and just like you're not supposed to travel or double dribble in basketball or you're not supposed to go off sides. You, you, you turn your back to the, to the audience, that's a flag on the play. They, what what they looking at your back for? Is that a part of the show? No, you need to. Everybody in the audience needs to be able to see you at all times. Now, if it's Megan Good, you don't mind looking at the back. Oh my God! Oh, don't get me started, I'm man. Just, I'm just. And Ellie Chopper just shot a shot with her, and I'm I'm kind of jealous, but I think I'm more closer in age to her than he is. So yeah, I'm, you, know, you know what I'm saying? We got a better chance. Now, one of the heroes of acting, especially like for our generation that we watched grow up, mm-hmm. was Will Smith. Yes, and I had the pleasure of meeting meeting homie. He was he's. And that's and that's that's what I want to talk because you caught, like you were somebody 
who got to see Will Smith at the highs of his, of his highs. Mm-hmm. Then the whole world seen him at his low mm-hmm. with, the, with the Chris Rock. And then he went away for a little bit. And then, boom, he started filming Emancipation. Mm-hmm. And you came in right. Yeah. Like, how yeah. was, like, how was that? And what was those, convers- you know, like, those conversations like with him to where, like, you could pick a man. Look, you went from, you know, parents don't understand to Fresh mm-hmm. Prince of Bella to, oh, they were a lot of those know, conversations. To, to, to this. To you, and, and, and people forget all about this because this just happened just now. They judge you by this, mm-hmm. and now you like you gotta slowly, you know, you got you lost roles and all this stuff, and now you slowly picking yourself back up. It's one thing I say. One thing I can truly say about Will is that, and any anybody that worked on the Emancipation set, they can attest to this. The same person you see, the same Will you see on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, that's him in real life, like. Real laid back, real cool. He he reminds me of me when we was in high school. Seriously, up and down. <laughs> Joke still. He's real cool, down to earth. Even though you know we're in the middle of shooting emancipation, he's going through all this turmoil with his personal life. He didn't bring it to set, and you know, obviously because of his popularity and his fame, all of us as background actors and other 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 actors who are on set with him know what's going on. But you're not gonna be disrespectful and ask this man about what he got going on in his personal life. You're going to keep it professional. And he did the, he did the same thing in return. And one thing I admire about him was that no matter what you went to ask him, he'd have a, re- a straight a straight answer for you, a real answer, whether it was uh, a question about the acting game or the music game. I've, I watched a lot of guys walk up to him and just have a, have a casual conversation about getting ahead in the music industry or just in the, in the entertainment industry itself. And he gave a lot, he dropped a lot of gems. Will's, people don't understand how long Will has been doing this, man. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Like, I, I had to tell him myself, he's like, man, I remember I became a sneakerhead because of you and Martin Lawrence. Watching you know, the Fresh Prince and Martin, whether the newest Jays or the newest Nikes that came out. Like, this, y'all were, they were trendsetters to us. And, you know, it was a, such a breath of fresh air to know that even though this guy has been an icon to us in our generation for so many years, he's still very down to earth, very humble, very cool, very approachable. And, you know, one thing about entertainers that people have, people have to understand is that they are people too. Mm-hmm. You know, they go through things just like you go through things and people like to scale up their issues as celebrities because they're celebrities. But in reality, <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all have uh, a partner who's going through the same thing Will going through, or maybe worse. But you're not gonna speak on that because he's not—they're not as famous as Will. Oh, he's not because if there's no drawback, I, I could I could talk about Will because the, the chance of, of Will Smith finding me or looking at me is yeah, still enough. Right. If I talk about it, my partner, I got it. I got literally gotta, have to deal with that. You got to stand on that when he when you address that. And yeah. then, you know, I'll—I'll—I people ask me. Because, I guess because they knew that I was on set with Will. You know, man, Mike, you know, Will really, Will really cut like that? I'm like, first of all, the dude disrespected his wife in front of him. I don't know many men that would accept that in the first place. But, you know, in in the, the setting and the the situ- way the situation pan- panned out, I really wish that it would have happened differently. But know this. Just because we are actors don't mean we don't have hands. <laughs> Will is from around the way. Just like Denzel said, he was from around the way. Just like we from around the way. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, it's it's yeah, it's true that you know you you should, should act professionally, especially on the on the the stage that they were on. You know, being the Oscars and whatnot. Yeah, but I'll say this before anybody: the way that situation panned out, a conversation was had before the camera started rolling. A conversation was had before the before the camera started rolling and they started recording that show. It just seemed like a conversation was had between Will and Chris. Hey, look, don't play with me tonight. It didn't just rolled over. Yeah, like it rolled over because it seemed like okay, you want to try me anyway? Now I'm about to, I'm about to embarrass you. Now I'm gonna try you. Now, now I'm gonna try you. Now what? Because the way he walked off so casual, like it wasn't like you know, I'm poking my chest out like I'm a bully. No, this was a man who obviously obviously looks like. He stood ten toes down on how he felt about being the butt of jokes that night and let it be known, like, look, I'm not for that tonight. And people don't understand. You have to understand what's not being said. Just like when you watch a stage play live, you don't just listen to the lines. You watch, you listen, you, you listen to what's not being said. Chris looked toward where and said, man, it's a G.I. Jane joke. Keep, keep my wife keep my name my wife's name out your mouth. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. It was a GI Jane joke. You know what I read through that? The writers made me tell this joke. I didn't want to tell this joke. That's why he kept saying, "Oh man, you know, it's just it's just like just like this, like, this GI Jane joke." I guarantee you that script had or that or that or the the prompter had a much much worse joke than that. And I feel like Chris Rock tried to divert that and still get the job done. Cause make no mistake. Just like Will is is there, Chris Rock is paid to be there, and he has a job to do as an, as the host of this show, and he is not the writer of the show. Mm-hmm. Personally, I blamed the writers and whoever was in charge of that that prompter or whoever told Chris Rock you got to tell a joke about her. No, now if Chris Rock decided to tell that joke on his own, then hey, you get you get it how you live, bro. But the because Chris and Will have been friends for decades. I feel like that could have went a lot worse, but it also I felt like you tried me anyway. You supposed to be my dog, and not only that, what what I respect as black men as and as well as actors who came to his aid when he obviously he started spiraling. You just you just pretty much embarrassed yourself on national on international television, but when they went to commercial, you watched Tyler Perry. Denzel Washington, and what people don't know, some people, a lot of people don't know, Sam Jackson as well. Mm-hmm. Tyler's reaction and Denzel's reaction were solid. I mean, as solid as they can be. As men who are coming together as brothers, like, look, we're gonna, we're not going to let you mess up your big moment. Like, we, we got you, got your back. But also, I had to laugh at Sam Jackson's response because even though Will's been having a meltdown, Sam Jackson walks up, walks over to Will, dabs him off like, yeah, you did that, you did that, you <laughs> that like, yeah, <laughs> like, and look, it, that, and that's what made me think, you know what? A conversation was had in that green room about what was gonna happen on stage, and I guess he figured, you know what? I'm gonna try him anyway, and, and Sam Jackson said, no, you should have slapped that nigga, you should have yeah. did it again. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I, I told your ass. Yeah, he told you don't do that shit. He told you don't do it. He told you don't do it, but you did it anyway. So now you got to get it how you live. Now a lot of people won't agree with me. But I actually enjoyed Chris Rock's uh, stand-up special this recent one. It was it wasn't his best one, but it was still funny. He's not funny to me. It's it's he he owes he he was DL Hughley was. 
Okay, yeah, okay, I, 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 I can he's, see that. Like, I, like, I get, like, I get why, like, he's to me, he's that token funny. Like, he's, he's it's that political comedy. Yeah, and, and, political and, comedy. And like, I'm not saying like it just doesn't it doesn't put the sugar in my tea. You I, know feel what that. That, that I feel that. That's just like you putting equal in my tea. Like, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand the sugar. I understand the sugar, but it ain't like it ain't the it ain't it ain't the sweetness that I want. It's just, yeah. you know, what I'm saying I want the real sweetness, and you know that's just. Really- I, I feel that. I feel that, and, and I, I I can see that in his work, but I feel like his humor is more directed towards writing chills now instead of being on stage. Yeah, and on on top of that. I'll say this: uh, He he had some valid points that a lot of us were ra- as black as black young black men were raised around growing up. You know, one of his final lines in the show, he said, "You know, you know, I was raised right. I, you know, my parents raised me." And one of the one of the uh, things that my mother taught me was that you don't fight in front of white people. That I, even though he said it like a joke, that's real. And you knew it was real because of the way that the crowd react, the audience reacted when he said it. Because I remember, you know, being a young black, young black kid, especially when we were, you know, right after Katrina, we were all trying to get jobs and, mm-hmm. you know, have some money in our pocket. And your mama didn't play. What? <laughs> hey, your daddy was your daddy was military, so I knew he didn't play no games. So I was, I was like, you know, we were always taught not to conduct ourselves in an ignorant manner, not just in front of white people, but in a, in a. In a, a general public setting, at in the first place, and I was always, you know, I was always trained that you don't act out of character in a professional setting. Like even though, even though this is the Oscars and it's supposed to be a celebration, and, you know, it's an award show. This ain't MTV. It's not the, it's not the right. MTV Movie Awards. So right. where they gonna let that type of stuff this slide? Hip hop awards. No, this yeah. ain't the Source Awards. You can't do that around here. You can't, you can't do stuff like that and think that it's gonna be cool after. Somebody's gonna say something that's in production. Somebody's gonna be upset, and even though it probably caused the greatest ratings hike in you know Oscars history, it still was a bad it was a, a bad mark on not just Will, but also Chris and everybody around us because now you're giving people a reason to say, oh yeah, you can't take you can't take black people nowhere. No, it's not like that. It's just that when black people go to fighting, get nervous. Anybody else go to fighting? Okay, you know it's funny, it's cool, but when we go to fighting, people, other people get nervous, and it's just, I guess it's the, the law of the jungle. I don't know what it is, but at that time, it was like, no, bro, not you, will. And then that's your homeboy, that's your partner. That's not just some dude randomly that they got to host. That's your partner. You've been known for years. That's why I felt like, yeah, they had a conversation about that after uh, before before that camera started rolling, man. No, we about to get ready to wrap up the show. And I just always like to ask somebody to leave something for the younger generation. So, if I, so if, if if you had a fifteen second advice clip to give to that next young black actor coming out of Marrero, coming out of you know just coming out the West Bank, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make it, you know, what what would be that that a powerful fifteen second message that you would give to them to keep them to keep moving? I'm gonna kick, kick, I'm gonna kick it old school like an onk at the barbershop. Look at Yamla. Take them acting classes. Recite those movie lines. Do better. Don't just do it in the mirror. Don't just do it for TikTok. Apply yourself. Being skilled at this craft is just as daunting as being the best basketball player or football player. This is a craft. This is a skill. Don't don't ever be afraid to look stupid. Don't be afraid to Take a risk and jump off that ledge and go for what go for what you want. 
Not all of us want to be, uh, you know, not all of us want to be professional athletes. We can be actors too, and we can be. We are very good at it. Do your research. We've been doing this. And the last thing we gotta do that we always do with every one of our guests. Your favorite, your top five favorites. Here we go. All right, top Mike five. five. Mike Forrest, top five favorites. Movies? Nah, no, no, no. I'm gonna name the five things. Right. You gotta give me your favorite. All right. Favorite NBA team of all time. I'm, I'm all time. I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna stand ten toes down on this because we didn't always have a basketball team down here, New York Knicks. It's the Pelicans now. It's the Pelicans now. But before we, before the Hornets even came here, I was a huge New York Knicks fan. Favorite NBA player of all time, Vince Carter. Yeah, I was. Vince, I was. Vince, I was, Vince, I was Vince Carter. Gonna lie. I was. Vince, I, gonna lie. I, knew, I knew you I was, wasn't gonna let me. <laughs> you was gonna lie. I was gonna. Vince I was Carter. Gonna tear that ass up. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's going to hurt my heart. Favorite NCAA basketball team of all time? The University of North Carolina. He meant to say Duke. Tar Heels. Oh, don't you, boy, don't you did, like, Hey, when I tell you, we were, we were childhood best friends, but yeah. that was the one thing we went agree. Never agreed on it at all. <laughs> Never agreed on it. It's UNC all day. Jay Howard going to see this. Jay Howard, you know UNC all day. I'm telling you. Favorite shoe of all time? Oh, that's hard, that man. Um, favorite shoe of all time. You know, most people will most people will say Jordan Elevens, Concords. You know, the pad leathers. Me, Nike Foam Posits, original the Penny Hardaways, mm-hmm. the blue the blue Foam Posits. I thought those were the the business man. I I had a real issue with buying every color I could find for a long time. I love Foam Posits. They're comfortable. They're light. <laughs> I wish I had a, and you know what put me on phone pilots? We had a pair of phones for team shoes. Yep. Junior year. We showed them. And once, and once I got, a, once I put my foot in the phone pilots, it was like, okay, John just for you know for flexing. Phone pilots is for balling. That's for balling. That's for real ballers. And the last question. This is this is this is where our producer Mike love loves to just sit there and just stare at people to death because he he wants to sway them. They they wait, and I I just I need him to come back to the light. Favorite rapper of all time, Wayne. But, but you know what? My favorite. Don't lose me, Mike. I I Don't am a huge Wayne. Wayne. Wayne is the goat to me. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Wayne is the goat to me. He'll always be the goat. But I am also a huge, huge currency fan. I'm okay. a huge Spitter fan. Who? we say? What you thought I was gonna say? You would have said somebody from New York that was it named Biggie. That wasn't oh, named Nas or wasn't named DMX. We're gonna have a problem. If what about Rakim, though, man? Rakim. I take that too. As long as you didn't say the other motherfucker that stole my dog shit. That's all I, you know what I'm saying? Man, and, and that's another thing. We got to, I'm gonna have to come back another day on that one. But music today versus music when we was in school, man. I I, I don't I, I don't hate on nobody nobody's craft and you know the music you making. But I, I'm not gonna say no names. But a lot of rappers wouldn't have made it out the back porch of Higgins. I'm letting you know right now. <laughs> They wouldn't have made it. They wouldn't have made it. They wouldn't have made I, it on Fourth Street, boy. Seriously, like we came. Like, people don't understand that. The, like Higgins in our era was like the black version of Greece. We had multi-talented students, and I mean, we had musicians, we had athletes, artists, singers, rappers, 
dancers. People who were dancers sh- and rappers. Yeah, like <laughs> that's a turn rapper, man. Seriously, like we had a the back porch was like a day party at when we were in school, man. Yeah. It was like going to our first club experiences wasn't at you know the, the some nice Rockefeller spot. Rockefeller, so like Rockefeller. No, our first club experience was, was the back, back porch, porch at Higgins at lunchtime. That was where you got earned your stripes. Like you go on the back porch to have a good time. Some people didn't get the full experience of the back porch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know some, right. some, some you know. But and Pettigrew used to hold it down. Oh, I remember, Pettigrew, hey, hey, that was security. Full, full disclosure. I remember when Pettigrew got on, on the trash can and ran a beat, boy. <laughs> best day ever. Best day ever. And, 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 and um, I ain't gonna say what we call it, but um, Mr. Girl came back there. And, 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 you run up out of here, man. You <laughs> you run up. She threatened to expel me on almost a weekly basis because she she defined it as starting a riot on the back porch. When reality, I was your host with the most. I was your host with the most. And look, I, that's the show, baby. Oh, that's the show, baby. That's the show, man. Thank y'all. <laughs> Mike Forrest, actor, writer, actor, writer, director, with my man's Coach Hank. That's Big Henry in my in my eyes. That's always gonna be Big Henry. I'm telling you. This, man, thank look, you for having me, bro. Man, Appreciate look, it, man. proud of you, bro. Wishing you nothing, nothing but the best. You know, we always here to support you, man. All love, baby. You know, hey, Fanview Podcast, baby. Another episode down the drain. Thank you.